So everyone, the world's coming to an end in 2030. The US dollar is going to explode. We're all going to die. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just end the podcast now. And, uh, end the podcast. End of everything. See you later, guys. Uh, we started with racism. <laughs> it's been like the most uplifting episode ever. Racism and the end of the world and the death of the US dollar. Using AI and just using that for copy, it, it isn't enough. AI needs to be able to make decisions based on not just copy, but design, color psychology, all the way down to the fonts, to the spacing, to the uh, responsiveness of that particular page. And so what I'm really looking forward to, and uh, I guess it's not really super public, but I'm sure we'll have another uh, conversation on it, is that I, I'm really excited about building a system where you only give it the information about what you want to sell, and it goes and rapid split test, a hundred split test in a day. What's up everybody? Welcome to another expert talk. Today's gonna be spicy. We're gonna talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. Dare I say, we're gonna start by talking about the five letter word that seems to just create lots of havoc wherever it's brought up. You know what it is, Trump. Yes, that's right. We're going to talk about the Trump indictment and what's going on. And I'm sure we're going to have some opinions about it. Um, we're going to talk about the U.S. dollar and why nobody seems to be. Well, not nobody, but I'm freaking out about the U.S. dollar and about what's going on in Saudi and China. But the average American just doesn't seem to give a crap. Uh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what's working in your businesses today. All three of you run businesses very differently. I'm curious. We're going to talk about AI. All right. I'm, I'm still trying to. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out like how to use this thing. All right, like I'm excited. I I really am. I'm super pumped. All right, like, it does cool stuff, but it just has not yet inserted itself into my business. And I'm curious if and how it has into your business. Um, and then guys, get this. I experienced my first dose of racism. For me personally, I know this is crazy. Uh, at Expert Summit Three, would you believe it? Would you believe it? Oh, you got to hear this story. I, I, I have never experienced racism and I'm, I got to be honest, right? Like I always talk about the fact that I, I, I don't want to comment on it, but like I, maybe I'm totally oblivious and totally, you know, like just, but where we live in the DC area, it is quite the cocktail of, of, um, ethnicities. And I grew up with like friends from all ethnicities, I never really felt like, and I never got called like curry boy or anything like that. And I've heard other people that have dealt with it. And I've, <laughs> I was just laughing because I, I had a moment at Expert Summit 3 where I was like, wow, I think, I think, I think that's racism. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and then, um, yeah, so, so that, that one got everyone's attention. Um, maybe we'll start there since I got everyone's attention. And then, um, hey, Dan, are you, do you know about the Fed now? You follow this? Up? All right, we're going to talk about that because freaking, freaking me out. All right, so with us today, everybody, we have members, three members of our board of experts. For the expert talk, of course, you have to be a board of expert member. We have the queen of challenges herself, Ms. Rocio. Thank you for joining us. And we have the just the, the, the SaaS master himself, the person who's out there doing crazy things with funnels and who's apparently doing something crazy with AI right now, too. So maybe, maybe we'll give him some shots of tequila and get him to fess up what it is. But Jordo is here with us. What's up, Jordo? And then we've got the man who's predicting the collapse of all currencies in the planet and says you should only be doing crypto and DeFi. I don't even know what that means, 
but Mr. Dan Ryder himself. Actually, I don't know if he says that. I just, I just made that up. Do you say that, Dan? It's, it's, no, it's, I'm a little bit more pragmatic. More pragmatic. Damn it! But the, but the way I but the way I sold it would just be more interesting. <laughs> That's what you said. Um, nah, he loves DeFi and it's cool. And I still don't understand what it is. Kind of, I get it, but uh, maybe he'll talk about it. All right. So uh, should I should I kick right off into the racist uh, racism yes, experience? I so. All right. All right. Okay. So listen. Um, if the person who I had this experience with, if you're listening, I'm not picking on you. Please don't take it personally. But holy crap, that, w- that was a very awkward conversation. Okay, so at the end, this is day three of Expert Summit. So for all of you who don't know what Expert Summit is, Expert Summit is an event we run. Every single one of our board of expert members has been to it. It's at expertsummit.com. It's free, but you have to qualify based on certain criteria. So these are like vetted, smart entrepreneurs. Most all in the room are doing a half a million or more. And... I don't know. I feel like that should be a gauge of a certain level of intellect. (laughs) So day three, uh, and oh, one of the big things we do at Expert Summit is it's free, right? But we ask everybody, hey, if you if you enjoyed the event, if you like the event, please, please, please give us a great testimonial. Um, That that's a currency for us. That's how you can pay us back. And it's really working because if you go to expertsummit.com, it's getting insane. The number of testimonies we have. I'm hearing from our members. By the way, our very own members are currently at other events. And I hear back and they're like, these events suck. I miss Expert Summit. I want to go back to our event. So Expert Summit day three, um, kind of wrapping up. We're hanging out. I'm hanging out in the lobby. And um, this is the last day where like, we're pushing for a certain goal of testimonials. Hey, if you haven't given one, please do. And I get a gentleman to walk up to me. And uh, he is, from what I know, I didn't confirm, but what he looked like, he's Indian. Look brown. So from the region of the world that I'm originally from. And he looks at me and says, well... Do you really want me to give you a testimonial? And I'm like, is this a trick question? I'm not following. He goes, well, I'm going to be honest with you, Anik. I almost didn't come to this event. I actually, uh, I actually almost didn't. Not, not only did I almost not come to the event, but I had zero trust in you. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, like, why? He's like, well, the first thing I did when I went to your page is I scrolled to the testimonials. I'm like, that's great. That's supposed to be a good thing. That's what we want people to do. He goes, yeah, well, I scrolled. And as I was scrolling, I saw other brown people, other Indian people saying good things about you. And quite frankly, anytime an Indian person says anything good about somebody else, I don't trust them or the Indian person who said it. I don't like brown people and I don't want to do business with them. And I'm like, I, I, I had no idea what to say. I'm just looking at him and I'm like, I want to first be like, you're, I think you're brown yourself. Like, I don't, I don't want to make assumptions here, but like, you look Indian. Uh, your name sounds Indian. And he was dead serious. Like, I mean, there was no, I mean, it was like a serious conversation. This was like a serious comment that I'm supposed to react to. So I just looked at him and so he pauses and he's like, so. Uh, I feel like I could be doing you a disservice by giving you a testimonial because other people might look at my testimonial and automatically not trust you. And, and, I, and he's like, so would you like me to give you one? And I got to be honest with you. Um, I wanted to be like, no, do not. But I'm kind of a nice guy in person. So I, the, the, in my head, I was like, well, I'm not going to use your testimonial. Um, and the first thing I did when this whole thing happened is I ran to the back and I was like, I asked the team, I'm like, hey, has this person joined BOE? Because uh, no, um, he hadn't. And so I just told him, I said, well, you're welcome to, but uh, can you keep all that stuff out that you just said? 
He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I would never say that in public. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, shouldn't say this shit in private either. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't know if you left a testimony or not. I haven't checked yet. It certainly isn't going to make its way to the website. But that, I, I, I was like, I was actually shocked about it. Like, it didn't bother me. I was like, whatever, I didn't care, moved on. But I was like, what the hell kind of reverse-ass thinking is this? And uh, I just thought I would share that that's, that's, that was my experience. Now, it's not that dramatic. I know people have experienced far worse. Uh, it was like racism from my own. Super weird. Uh, but believe it or not, that's probably the biggest that I've personally faced. So, yeah, guys, at Expert Summary 3, this is, uh, this is an experience I had. I thought you guys would find it interesting. Um, to the host. Oh, my gosh. To, to the host. Who's Indian? It's like, what the hell? You, you well, so I didn't, um, and, I, and I, I'm going to go through and find the pictures and stuff, but, but look, but here's another reason I think he was, because at the end he said, hey, are you sure you want me to give you a testimonial? Because I think I would be doing you a disservice because people might look at my testimonial and distrust you. So I was like, okay, given his backwards ass thinking, that means he, he must be Indian. So anyways, anyways. I, I would have almost thought the opposite. Like before I became an entrepreneur, I went to pharmacy school and I was like one of 10 white kids in my pharmacy class. Okay. Um, and it was like 80 to 90% Indian of, and you know, of different, different types. I don't know all like the, the nuances, but, um, but my point is that <laughs> I got a chance to, you know, to learn about the culture and I like with my experience in, in that school over a few years and having some friends and meeting some of their families, I would almost think that if you got a testimonial, you really had to be good because you wouldn't get one unless it was really, really almost like the opposite, man. Like it would have to yeah. be like you were, you know, giving away like a million dollars of value for free. And, you know, you did, you moved heaven and earth and then they finally thought it was okay. Like, like the, because of the, like the deal of how great, of a service you provided, right? Then you would get a testimonial. That's kind of like, I don't know. Is that racist? Is that a racist thing to say? <laughs> Dude, I don't know anymore. Uh, I'm not offended. I will tell you this though. All right. I will tell you this. So, um, I mean, I've dealt with, you know, I made a video, um, that by the way, I've been asked about many times now and I'm making a rebuttal to it. So, um, I had to actually take it down. Um, because it was getting so freaking viral. I made a video about why I would never do business in India again. Um, which is ironic, right? Because this year I've been like super talking about why I want to expand in India. And I, and I explained this big epiphany and how it changed. But through my personal experience, I spoke about why I don't want to do business in India again. And I did not talk at a generic level about like Indians. I mean, I go there all the time. I met my wife in India while I was there and married her. So it's not like I have a problem with Indians. But there was a cultural way of certain way that business is done was done, I should say, in India that I just had a problem with. And so I talk about that in the video, but I just made the video and like, yeah, I'm like, whatever, who watches my stuff? Well, it turns out lots of people watch my stuff. And so when I went to that event in India, I am getting called out on the video and I'm being asked about it. And people are like, can you please like change it? Like it doesn't speak well about India. And I'm like, while I was there, I was so blown away. I'm like, not only will I change it, not just because you guys are like offended by it, but, but like I rightfully need to change it because the country has changed. Yeah. Pandemic has completely changed. The mentality has changed. I want to, well, I made a short version of that and it got so viral on YouTube. 
because India can't access TikTok. So it got so viral on YouTube. Um, it was like 150 to 200,000 views a day. And it, it was getting, so, it was like at 15, 16 million views. And I took it down because I legitimately was worried about like it getting to like the prime minister's hands and like them like banning my like visa and being like, all right, screw it. Cause they, I don't know, they do shit like that. So I'm like, I took it, even, even Andrew came to me, she's like, take it down. I'm like, all right, I'll take this down. But, um, but my, um, qu my question is generally, is like, is there such thing, is there such thing as self-racism? Like where, where you don't, assuming that he was Indian, right? You literally don't like your own type. And I wonder if there, if there's not probably a bigger picture to be held between just like some deep emotional wounds or, or even like, yeah, just mental so, instability in certain cases. And maybe it's not, you know, the intent is racism. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And, and again, like there's a high chance that that person who had this, who I had this correspondence with is watching. And if you are, I'm not attacking you whatsoever. I would never give away your name or anything, but, um, I, that was an inappropriate conversation. And I feel like it's good for you to know that if you didn't, but to his credit, for what it's worth, he did mention that he has had some seriously damaging experiences um, with Indian people. And that has crafted his, his reality. Well, doesn't make it right. Make Probably it right. the source of a lot of racism, right? Is just one previous experience. Yeah, I would imagine. Probably will, bigger picture. Say... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say bigger picture. It's like, it's beyond racism. It's like when you have a bad experience, it can it can mess with you and, and create a blockage for you. Yeah. Like no matter what you're pursuing, right? Because you you're anchored to this experience, which, which may not be an accurate way to perceive things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will, I will. Yeah. I will add that um, maybe, so I don't know if it is racism or maybe it's bias as well towards our own culture. So for example, for me, I had an experience actually talking about myself if somebody asked me, hey, why is your content and why is your like like dream customer is not a Latin woman, right? You naturally will attract Latin women. I'm from originally from Puerto Rico. And, and I said, I don't know, I have always been speaking and serving English audiences. And I think that sometimes I think it is because I had the experience of trying to serve a Latin market. Maybe my circle was too small. But they, it was no, the offers in that small circle, again, not a huge population, but I tested my offer in a small circle and it was not converting. And maybe it created a bias in me. It's like, oh, maybe Latin, this Latin market is not willing to, spe to, to spend, right, this amount of money for my offers, right? So that's why I, I started gearing all of my content and, and all of my, my products to English speaking audiences. So again, that, that makes me a little bit more biased towards Latin people because I'm Latin. But again, I haven't tested all my offers in the different markets. Now at Expert Summit, you actually said expand internationally. So I'm probably rethinking that bias, right? It's a false belief that I know I have, but maybe it's that, right? I think that's one of my biggest takeaways this year. It's making me not sleep at night. I mean, seriously, it's the world changed in such a drastic way post pandemic and so rapidly that it just didn't give a chance. Like India, I just talk a lot about India cause I'm Indian. And so obviously I have a little bit of a head start advantage there and I can speak the natural, I can speak the language, but like ugh, South America, you know, is most countries in South America. Now it would be hard to say that they're a third world country. Like it's ridiculous. They're not this, the average income is way through the roof. And you know, 
all, all of UAE, like Malaysia, Singapore, all of like a lot of Southeast Asia is blowing up. Um, Africa, all over the place. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. It's just a lot of opportunity and we're, and we're all sitting in our own little silos and forgetting about it. Um, I mean, so Jordo, for example, I did that podcast interview with um, Aurelian from Systemi. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with that company. And, and in that podcast episode, he, he is actually the first episode of the Onyx and Gall show. And he specifically spoke about the big strategy that they had to capture the market was he went after the French market. That's it. Funnel builder for the French market. And I'm like, wow, that's really niche down. Now, of course, they're expanding past that. But that was like their competitive advantage in the beginning. So um, anyways, it was an interesting experience um, that I had. So, so I just thought I would share, um, yeah, self-racism or, or uh, going against our own kind. Um, that was that. Let's, uh, let's pivot a little bit. Um, Dan, what... You follow this stuff closely. You obviously follow currency, financial financial stuff. That's your industry. That's your market. Um, Saudi, China. We got the BRICS nations doing all kinds of crazy things. We got Mexico now trying to join BRICS. Um, we got all these countries now that are working out deals outside of using the dollar. Um, I'm forgetting which one. There's another country that just made a deal with Saudi to do trade and oil in their own currency, not even in the yen. Dollar is just not, net, it's not being the, the baseline currency. Uh, that has been enough for me to f officially make me really start rethinking how I keep my money um, for the first time. Like, has it changed your perspective? Has it brought anything, like when you heard that news, what are you thinking? Like, talk to me about your perspective on this. Yeah, so you know I'm a DeFi crypto guy, so of course it ties into uh, that whole world. But I also look at things from more traditional, um, you know, off book thinkers. I don't know if you ever heard of Martin Armstrong. I'll give him a plug. Uh, he's yeah. kind of like a guy that you may that most people, you know, he's not a big influencer guru type person. I mean, if you look him up, you'll see that he's gotten some attention. Um, but he's like a traditional old school markets guy. He's been studying things and he's built, you know, algorithms to track trends for uh, the last couple of decades. And um, he's done a pretty good job. Um, he's he's consulted with White House administrations multiple times, um, and he was actually in jail for like ten years because oh. at one point I, I don't want to botch the story up too bad, but um, basically, like I don't know if it was the CIA or or something uh, or some three letter organization. They were threatened by how his his methodology kind of predicted um, the fall of a currency a couple of decades ago, and they were like, you know, give us your give us your algo, right? Give us your software. And he said, no, that's my IP. And it turned into long story short, ends up in jail. He later appeals it, wins, gets out, right? But he's got a crazy story. Um, and if you like follow his research, he's got a newsletter. Like he's, he's kind of like this guy that nobody knows about. Like he did a live event this past summer and there was like 50 people in the audience. Right. What, <laughs> what, what, was, his mind, what was yeah, his name again? Martin Armstrong. So if you look up his Martin brand, Armstrong. it's Armstrong Economics, right? It's not going to be some fancy website. Like don't expect much. We're all marketers here, entrepreneurs. Um, it's not going to look too glorious, but it's very interesting reads on you know, his view of the macro picture, right? And like, 
when I study him and, and, you know, he's not savvy on crypto, right? So I don't go to him for crypto advice, right? But, um, you know, what he sees it from his analysis and bringing all the history of success with his track record is he saw a lot of volatility. So this is last summer. I'm watching this seminar, virtual ticket. And he's like, yeah, March, April is going to be a ton of volatility in the market. So watch out. Here we are. We have banks failing. We have backstops. And I'm like, wow, this guy, this guy, right? (laughs) And his thesis, just to kind of like keep it brief, is that um, all these, you know, world stages with currencies backed by nothing, this kind of inflationary broken model, um, it's all falling apart. Um, It's probably beyond fixing. And his thesis is that the US dollar will be the last one to fail. It's like the least worst currency. Um, and what he saw, what he predicted was capital flowing back to the U S dollar because it'll be the most confident, which is interesting given what's happening right now, right? Like this week, this month. So we'll kind of see how this shakes out. Cause I feel like it's all unfolding right before our eyes right now. But his thesis was that the, the dollar will be the last man standing before it all implodes. You know, he's kind of like uh anti great reset. If you look at, you know, Klaus Schwab and new, you know, World Economic Forum. You go down that rabbit hole. Uh, he's not a fan of any of those, any of those individuals. Neither am I. I think it's uh, ridiculous. But anyway, um, so his prediction is dollar is strong between now and like 2028, 2030, and then it and then it eventually fails because it's it's going to fail. Uh, it's, it's beyond fixing, and um, his model breaks after 2030. <laughs> So like this is like for the first time in his entire career, he's like, I have no projections beyond that point. Um oh, and he he actually envisioned like I didn't even learn about this in school, like back after like World War II or or yeah, I think it was like close to the depression era, there were actually regional dollars. I don't know if any of you guys knew this, like on this panel, no. but like when we were like in that time in the 40s, I think, like they were like different cities would have their own dollars because there was there was an issue with supply and demand with with reserves, right? So you'd have like a New York dollar and a Michigan dollar, and for like a couple of years, like those dollars were only good in those townships or whatnot. And I never learned about that in history, but it's a real thing. You can look it up. So there was kind of like a similar liquidity event um, back then, and so he kind of sees that potentially playing out. So, you know, it just seems like a mess. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Like- so. The takeaway I got was, you know, if you're following his advice, you know, or his his uh, projections, and you believe what he's saying is true, that you would fall back into dollars and like kind of commodities or things. Basically, his, his projection is that the world is going to reprice in something. He doesn't know what, right? But there will be something, whether it's a dollar or some currency, Bitcoin, who knows, right? Um, the world is going to get reset on something and. All the things that have intrinsic value, commodities, oil, things that we need and use every day, will just get repriced. So he's his kind of between the lines was, you know, get out of the dollar before it fails and get into these assets that have value in any in, in any world order, right? Mm-hmm. And then when when the whole world resets, you know, you'll be in whatever currency that is. So so what so then will it be a worldly currency, one currency worldwide? who knows okay. he, he didn't make he doesn't any. talk about it. so so he's talking up so he's he's probably gold silver type of guy right like 
Yeah, he leans more towards gold, but he's actually, you know, he had a lot of insecurity around anything, um, you know, that definitively like, hey, I'll go all in on gold, right? Like, so he wasn't saying anything like that. Uh, but he's got he's got a few awesome reports that I think are worth considering and reading and just being aware of it. And um, you know, as a crypto DeFi guy, I, I think crypto and, and the DeFi industry will have a, a role to play in all of this too. And so that's why I'm more pragmatic. Like I said before, it's like I'm just kind of observing and I'm I'm taking advantage of things as they as they you know are in front of us now. But just got to be aware, right, and be nimble. Uh, this, this is why you listen to the expert talk, guys. This so so that we can send you into the weekend depressed as hell about the fact that apparently the world ends in 2030. That's that's our prediction. So that that was what I took away from that whole thing. I'm like the world, the world's which is world's funny over. enough when people think you know if you're a believer, right? That's when some people think Christ is going to come back and and you know I did, save I did everyone. Not know that. Is that but I'm like, huh? All these prediction? timelines are converging around 20. <laughs> 2030. Right, so well, we, got, we got six and a half Man. years left to party it up. So we have yeah. banks failing, AI taking over. So like maybe I'm going to ask AI, hey, what's what's our salvation for humanity after everything collapses in 2030? Maybe Shadi will have the answer. Basically, Alicia and Coach Deb will be the only two people left on the earth hanging out with their AI buddies as everything around us burns. Jordo, uh, what's uh, real quick, just. You, do you follow this at all? Or are you converting? Yeah, I've got some some kind of crazy opinions on some of these things. First of all, I'm a huge DeFi fan. And I think okay. my awesome. prediction about, and again, totally my opinion, but I think it's fed through like various sources. And I don't I don't like to hyper-spiritualize too many things, but as as Dan mentioned, you know, there are some, you know, prophecies that talk about some of these things around like there truly being a global currency and your access to that currency being based on initiation into a certain belief pattern and those types of things. And so I think outside of uh, spiritualization or belief or anything like that, that um, there is going to be a mass diversification before their simplification. So my guess in the same way that we just saw crypto go from one or two major coins to a hundred billion altcoins or whatever, and everyone and their mother could start their own currency. I think we're going to see that in actual fiat related currencies first. That's what's going to create the widespread panic around the insolvency and the devaluation of of all of those currencies and it's that's when it's going to revert back so i think my guess is we we explode before we implode um i don't have much faith in the us dollar i don't really currently and again i don't want to shake up the bear too much but i don't have too much faith in the current leadership direction especially economically in in the united states and if we continue down this path i think it's virtually guaranteed we're going to see more currencies get split off, created. We could literally, I think within the next decade, be trading pesos or the yen or Canadian dollars. And you'd have to have all of that in your wallet and at the same level if we continued down this particular path. And with that, as soon as that happens, there's going to be a lot of resistance to it. But I think that explosion of currencies in the a mere correlation of what we've seen in the crypto space is that it's all going to get consolidated down into one. And I think personally, that that new currency doesn't exist yet. So I don't believe that it's a current currency. I, I'm not sure if it's Bitcoin or, or whatever, but I think there's going to be something that's going to kind of universalize all that. And, you know, if, if you throw the faith element in there or those types of beliefs, it's like, it's, it's going to be a forced measure. Right. And so Dan, I think what you just shared was really interesting. Uh, uh, some really interesting ideas I'm going to search into as well. So, 
So look, uh, you, 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 you treaded that water sensitively, so let me throw a big-ass rock in it and just you know ruffle it. So politically speaking, let's get a little political. I don't really care which side of the fence you're on, um, personally. Um, my closest friends don't share the same political opinions as me, and that, that's totally cool. Um, but I think there's a... I think it's pretty logical to say we're not moving in the right direction economically. The debt is going insane. It's gotten to a point now where we can't even afford the interest payments on the debt, right? Like, like it's getting wacko. Um, we are definitely seeing ruffled feathers in the economy as far as companies and the layoffs. I mean, when you got McDonald's ready to do layoffs and McDonald's having to shut the office down for a week because they don't want to do the layoffs uh, while people are in the office, like, it's just, it just feels like there's like this thing, right? So I don't care who you support politically. I don't think we're going in the right direction economically. Like we, we keep kicking the can, make it someone else's problem and it's going to implode at some point. Um, it just is. Rocio, what do you think? What do you, you know, do you follow this stuff at all? Thoughts on it? Very lightly, which is very, I think my ignorance is going to cost me later. I do have some investment in crypto. However, I don't, I don't think I'm very vast in as Dan. So definitely Dan, I think that when the world is, is coming to an end, definitely before that, we need to start hanging out more. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> based on. We can on, happen before that. <laughs> exactly. Let's start now because we only well, have six years left. He lives in Puerto Rico, so there's all the reasons yeah. for us. Oh, okay, so to, I'm gonna miss yeah, you yeah, then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, but what you just said is like, honestly, I don't have any faith on our politicians, <laughs> regardless on which color you are. Uh, red, blue, uh, purple, whatever. Right. <laughs> I. I'm, I think I'm actually with Dan. I think this is going to happen no matter who's on leadership, uh, which is sad uh, and scary, but yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is very scary. Okay. So, uh, so everyone, the world's coming to an end in 2030, US dollar is going to explode. We're all going to die. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just end the podcast now and uh, end the podcast, end of everything. See you later guys. Uh, but we, <laughs> It's been like the most uplifting episode ever. <laughs> Racism and the end of the world and the death of the US dollar. But but we make fun now, but this this is like a real thing. Like I genuinely am thinking about it at night and I don't think I would honestly care. I'm being honest with you. I don't think I would honestly have cared two, three years ago. I'd be like, whatever. And my wife's got that whole approach too. She's like, whatever, if I die, I die, you know? Um, but like, I got a baby girl now. And I'm like, I'm working really hard to save up all this money and like I, you know, I would suck if she's left with nothing. But, you know, we think about it and we worry about it as much as we can. Um, but I know the last time I, I dipped my toes into crypto, I, <laughs> I ended up owning 17 wallets with 38 different uh, coins that I don't even know how to get into at this point um, that are worth nothing. So I also tend to go a little over the over the edge when I do it. Uh, Rocio, we'll stay at you. We'll go around. Um, now let's get a little political. All right, and I'll give my opinion and thoughts on this last. I don't want to impact anyone else's thoughts. Uh, so as we sit, so I should have said, I should have started the filming of this. Uh, it's Wednesday, guys, we're filming. This will release on Friday. It's just two days worth of news that we do not know when you're listening to this. So there could have been something that's happened. 
um, if it if 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 the current national world currency falls apart in these two days, I won't release this episode so we don't all look like idiots. But um, Trump, the Trump indictment, uh, 34 counts, I believe, is what the thing is. You got a local DA from New York trying to bring a federal case about hush money paid uh, arguments on both sides or hush money is paid all the time. The reason this is an issue is because the assumptions made that the hush money was paid to protect political reasons, which that's not allowed. It's interesting. Um, I'm curious to see what you think. Rocio, do you think this is a real we need justice or this is a political let's go get them? Like, what are your thoughts on this whole Trump indictment? Or do you just not give a crap? And you're like, this is like, I don't care. You know, I, I let me say this. I think Trump is the best marketer in the world right now um, because he actually had the power. He he actually got all the world ruffled up, right? Whether you like him or not, the guy and everybody that run his campaign and his and, and everything, they were a genius, right? Um, <laughs> because even I traveled internationally, everybody was talking about Trump, everybody. even in Australia, in, in Colombia. It's like everybody. Yeah. Who, what president has that, right, yeah. from any other country? So I think, first of all, great marketer or his team. <laughs> Second of all, I just don't know. Definitely, uh, we have seen Trump kind of with with rumors that there's going to be some indictment or uh, like the feds are going to put him in jail or whatever. And for some reason, nothing happens. It's all about more making noise and making noise. And I believe that may, maybe this is more campaigning stuff, making more noise because he's going to come up with something better in the next couple of years. Maybe he's going to run for office again. I really, I see him already. I, I don't see him much as a politician. I see him as a marketer. And I say like, okay, he's creating noise. What is he going to do in the next couple of months? Honestly, I just don't, I'm numb yeah. <laughs> to, to the fact of I, what's going on with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have too much trust in, in the justice system right now. Um, eh, so yeah, I think this is but just that, another marketing campaign. But that says a lot because I agree with you. Um, I'm not sitting here knocking our government. It's hard to run a country, and uh, with all due respect, I respect mm -hmm. that. But I'm just being honest. I fear that I, I, I feel the same sentiment. It's a little hard to. It's not that I don't trust the justice system. I, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> it's like you can't. You know, hear something. You used to be able to like, oh, that's true. It's like now you, now you're like, oh, well, maybe not. Jordo, what do you think? What do you think is going on with this with the whole Trump thing? Well, I, I look. I, I don't think that there's a person here in this room or, or, or outside who's like, I love Donald Trump and everything he is and everything he stands for. And it, maybe there are people that are like that. There, we're probably also on the side that none of us really are deeply, deeply in love with Joe Biden. So this is not personal groveling or, or even attacks on that side. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, whenever a political party is focusing its attention on something, that particular attention grows. So what are we seeing right now? stereotypically, and I'm probably going to get in trouble and AI is going to create a script out of this. And then the, the Illuminati is going to come for me or something, who knows, but um, the, the, the current political uh, administration focuses on sociological uh, issues, right? And that's why we're seeing this huge sociological and 
gender debate and all these types of things that have to do much more about culture, a more conservative uh, administration is going to focus much more on economics, where a lot of that is would not be necessarily the focus and economics would grow because the money goes where the focus flows, right? So we know that that Trump really is a master of of gaining attention even though it's extremely unpopular and no I don't like a lot of his rhetoric and no I don't like a lot of the decisions he makes and no I don't think he should I don't know really be as vocal on on Twitter as the president as he had been, right? But all I'm saying is that during that administration there was a lot more focus, the entire administration was focusing economically and we're seeing incredible gains, especially for business owners, taxes, business focus first, so many benefits to entrepreneurs who I believe, I don't care a lick about politics, but I, I know enough about it to know that when an entrepreneurial community is empowered, right, through laws and legislation, regulations, when the entrepreneur is winning, there's more jobs, there's better, happier economy, there's projects that are launching and thriving and all these things. So I think if the question is, is this whole indictment going to empower Trump a billion percent? In fact, I wouldn't even be shocked if it came out that Trump hired this guy to just make a big ruse and then it goes away, but it brought him back into (laughs) the news before an election. I wouldn't be shocked if that were the case. What I am saying is that uh, you don't poke a bear and he is a bear. And so feel free. There's, I just looked it up. There's no requirement that even if you were found guilty of a felony, you can still run and be elected president, right? Oh. So that's not going to stop him necessarily. He might have some fines to pay, but what does he care? He's got all the money he would need right. to get out of a situation like that. I don't think anything comes from the indictment. I think he runs again. And I think just because he's really good at the foundations of what we know about marketing and entrepreneurship and gaining attention and focusing that towards action, um, all these things, it's going to be a more divided landscape than we've ever seen. The last Trump administration, I'd say you don't even know division yet until all this stuff comes to a head. I think it's going to get darker and, and even more heavy. Um, but I also think that a shift towards a better economic situation is beneficial for everybody, not just employers, but employees, customers, well, the entire world. Um, so to that point, Dan, I'm going to come to you next. If you came to me, so I remember when Obama was running um, for president, and I, I I was full blown on Obama train. I was I went to see him. He, he spoke at my university. I waited in line for hours. That would be pretty early in my entrepreneurial career, and I was doing really well back then. And I didn't give a lick about politics, economic policy, taxes. I didn't care about any of that. Didn't matter. I didn't even know why older people care. Why these old geezers are always. Why my dad was always watching that crap. Why is it get well? As soon as Obama came into power, right or wrong, I'm not making judgments. He had to do what he had to do, but he made pass certain laws, and um, one of them being the Frank Frank Dodd Act, I think that's what it's called, nearly destroyed my business. Nearly just, like, I mean, I came this close to bankruptcy because of it. And I remember that moment being like, holy shit, I need to pay attention to what is being said, right? And ever since then, I got more and more in tuned, and, and, um, Gosh, like, yes, the policies made very directly impact. So I, um, you know, when this when the banks collapse happened, I'm not anywhere near a Silicon Valley bank. Um, ironically, uh, a company I sold out of that I helped co-found was is. Um, and so I was close to it from that perspective, but I'm not an owner anymore. I was just kind of supporting my friend. But uh the interest rates start to go up. Blah, 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 blah. Let me just tell you, I'm like five levels down the chain. And one of the key tenants of some of the commercial properties that I own 
just declared bankruptcy two weeks ago. And let me tell you the amount of due diligence we did on this tenant before I let them have some of like a large portfolio, a large portion of my portfolio properties. They were some one of these strongest multi centi million dollar company, one of the top of their space, super solid. Now, the bankruptcy that it's not a knock on their business. They had to do it. I think it was to push some creditors to renegotiate terms, but it really, for me, I'm like, well, and so why do they do that? Right. I can't talk to them anymore, but we read and research. It's all the crap that's happening in the banks. It's all the crap of the interest rates. It's all the ridiculously fast increase rates, uh, interest rate hikes, and they were on variable debt and how that makes a huge impact. And then I noticed something on my own that I realized one day and I'm like, hold on as an entrepreneur, what do I do? I invest, right? I build teams, I grow under the last administration. I bought tons of real estate. I grew the company like crazy. I invested like crazy into the, into the, the business. I actually didn't make a lot of profit. I was in throwing it all back in. And then I realized over the last couple of years, I have let go of 80% of my team. I have bought not a single piece of real estate. I have pulled way back. I have not invested into the economy. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm not even like that big of an entrepreneur on the massive scale, but like, that's what's happening. So Jordo, at a micro level, at our level, we see how these policies are impacting how we behave and that behavior. I'm not helping the economy much right now. Like I was really contributing to the economy. I mean, I am a little bit, but not like at the levels that I was before. Uh, so that is interesting. Dan, what is your thought on this whole thing? Political charades or, you know, true seek for justice? Political charades, hands down. I think, yeah. uh, you know, depending on how far down you want to go, the conspiracy theory, put your tinfoil hat on. I mean, you can arrive at different endpoints, but, you know. Can I share mine? I, I got a total conspiracy theory. I want to put it out there. I want to put, put, put my tinfoil hat on. Um, actually, no, I'm going to share it after you're done. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You finish. No, no, no. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, um, you know what? Sh share yours because I lost my train of thought. Sorry. That sucks. My bad. I was just super excited to share because, uh, you know, I'm not much of a conspiracist, but when I have them, I want to tell the world so that I can get attacked and ridiculed by everybody in, on YouTube. Um, my positioning is total charades, total bullshit, and it's, and it's backfiring on Briggs already. This is the guy that lets criminals out who push people onto the freaking subway. Like they are out the next day. Okay. This is the same guy that when a store owner got attacked and in defense of himself ended up killing the attacker, he went after the store owner for murder charges. And it wasn't until there was a massive public pressure that he let him go and released the charges. This is the same guy that you're on Times Square. Someone who's obviously not mentally fit will sucker punch an older woman who collapses and that guy will be back on the street in two hours. So this is that person who says, oh, no, 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 no. Trump, 34 indictments, who doesn't even clearly have jurisdiction over federal policy. That's this whole thing being debated. Um, I thought it's bullshit because technically, like hush money, just so everyone understands this, is paid all the time. Like in business, you will settle with someone. We don't call it hush money. You settle with someone. You say, all right, we have, an, we have a disagreement. Here's some money. We settle, 
sign this NDA non-disclosure. You can't talk about this with anybody. Someone would say that's hush money. It's just like, hey, we settle this. Don't go out and talk about this. Don't tell other people. Don't talk about me. Blah, blah, blah. It happens in, in life all the time. And I heard someone talking about this and it was fascinating. They said, you know, in court, so they're saying he fibbed his numbers in his books uh, to hide this money, but they have to prove in court that he did it for political gain or to protect his, poli uh, his political campaign. He could literally just come and be like, yeah, I paid it. Uh, I hid it to protect from my wife knowing about it. Totally cool. It's legal. You have to actually prove by without a shadow of doubt that he did it specifically for. So here's my conspiracy theory. During the primaries of the last uh, Congress and whatever, you know, we, we had elections, midterms, the Democratic Party specifically funded Trump candidates. This is not, this isn't conspiracy, by the way. This is fact. You can Google it. It's fact. It's reported. The Democratic Party literally spent money advertising on behalf of certain Republican candidates in the primaries mm -hmm. to push certain candidates up to have them win the primary who were Trumpers, as they would call them, because their data showed that their Democratic candidate would have an easier time beating that candidate if they were a Trumper Republican. And in the practice of it, it came out to actually work. First of all, I thought that's a dirtiest shit. And I don't think that kind of stuff should be allowed. That's just downright like that's how what the hell. Right. But anyways, it, they uh, Democrats outperformed in midterms from what was expected. Or you could say Republicans underperformed. And so I heard this one theory and I was like, this sounds smart as hell. They know what this is going to do to Trump. They know this is going to throw him up on the primaries. He's already I mean, he was up by like 20 plus points on DeSantis. 20, 25 points as of like before any of this nonsense came out. Now it's literally people are like, hey, you think Trump's going to he's he's rallying like all the Republicans are again. He's going to win. They think, again, we win the election if Trump is who we're running against. So that's my conspiracy theory. I think they're doing it on purpose to get him to win the primary. They want him to be the Republican candidate because they bet that they can beat him. Interesting. Yeah, He just started the campaign early. So that's uh, that's my theory. Dan, did you get your train of thought back after I got done ranting? Yeah, yeah. sort of. I mean, it, I just think, you know, that's that's super interesting, by the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the times, too, especially what I've seen on the Democratic Party side, like they use sleight of hand and distraction to cover their own hides. And, and that's probably not isolated to the Democratic Party, right? It's just true of like all political agendas. Um, it's it's like look over here. Meanwhile, something else is happening over there, right? Yeah. And um, if if they are trying to cover their behinds, it's like, well, well, what are they hiding? And what can be big enough and noisy enough to take the entire conversation somewhere else, right? And if there's anything that like people people that are pro this administration uh, like to hate more, it's Trump, right? So, <laughs> so just any way you can like demonize that guy's character, it's just going to get all of them like, yeah, you know, we're taking down Trump for all his dirty dealings, right? So, and it's all like, you know, well, I can't say it's all, but I'm sure there's so much of it that's so baseless, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, he gave his speech from, from his home, uh, what was it, last night or two nights ago? Uh, just to kind of defend his position. So 
it's all it's, it's a bunch of bullshit like it's it really is from both sides by the way and and i and i and i think it's bullshit from trump's side too like i i would love it if the people that are in our government actually gave a shit and just did stuff that's good for us i don't know if you i don't know if they noticed but there's a lot of pain there's a lot of issues we keep sending money everywhere else and we got people that are struggling in this country and poverty i mean i was in dc um recently and uh, it just it broke my heart man i have not seen that much i have not seen that many homeless people like i've lived here my whole life i've gone to dc many times like you know a friend of mine told me the other day they were like oh my wife's out walking it was 10 o'clock at night i'm like what he's like my wife's out walking the first thing i thought was like dude that's a horrible idea like that's not safe and as soon as i thought that i thought in my head i'm like i live in america what what the hell did i just think how am i thinking that like we live in suburbia maryland it should not be unsafe for a woman to go for a walk at 10 o'clock at night on her own. like but I genuinely had concern. It was like a genuine, like, holy guy, go get her, get her back. Like, don't let her walk right now. Um, and, you know, real quick too, I just thought of something I want to say before um, that has to do with Trump in case we go somewhere else now. But yep. like, it's funny how he's always put in the spotlight for, you know, not paying taxes or whatever, right? Meanwhile, this guy, nobody knows this. Like 1% of people know this. Um, he was probably responsible for saving more tax money during his administration for the United States than any other pre president in his history, uh, in our in recent history with the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, I believe it was. He actually prevented a lot of offshoring that was happening. So American businesses that were kind of running away to escape tax liability that yeah. were probably duly, you know, duly owed to America sovereign, right? Because yeah. you had the free enterprise to come build that business here. And yep. all these, you know, greed was motivating all that money out. And he he protected that, right? He kept it in America. No one knows about that. They just yeah. think he didn't pay any taxes on his return. And how do I know about it? Because when I was moving to Puerto Rico, it was a lot harder than I thought, right? To to set up like my my shop over here. And I had to get educated on like, what is this tax custom job? And I'm like, holy cow, like Trump actually passed this. I'm like, nobody knows this. They just think this is the guy that hates all taxes. He kept more tax money in this country than any other president in the last like five to 10 decades. Okay. I, I got, I have to, I have to say on that because, because I know about this and I'm one of the ones he stopped. So for everyone who's listening, perfectly legal and perfectly fine. And on the books and on the record, you can create an offshore company right? That services offshore. So services, so at Learn, more than half of our customers are not Americans. So that business can easily be serviced by a company that's not an American company. And that money can stay in that, in that region, right? In that, in that company, in that other country. But it, it's only for customers not in the United States. I, I researched this a lot, by the way. We were pretty deep into this. Um, and so a large chunk of the revenue and of the money and the profits could be removed and kept in that country. Now, there is an actual disclosure document you file with your taxes. So you're not hiding it. You let the IRS know, hey, I got this much money sitting here in this country, but I'm not bringing it into the country. So I don't owe you any taxes on that. And and you, we were going to do as much as we could to put as much money there and disclose it and let, let it be. And a lot, of com lot of companies do this. This is why Apple's got massive money parked out, out, outside the country. Google, all of them, huge, huge money parked outside. Um, and, uh, when Trump came in and the changes he made to the corporate tax code and everything, literally my CPA called mid research and said, this actually is not worth it. Like we should not do this. It's not worth it. And so you're hundred percent right. 
and I and and it, and anyone who's thinking like that would have been evil on it. No, it's 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 like it's not wrong. It's in the code. But I didn't do it at that point. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'd rather you know, it's a few percentage points difference. I'd rather pay the taxes here than do. Yeah, you know, a lot a lot of people who complain about those who don't pay taxes, most of them by percentage, by a large margin, do not actually pay taxes at the end of the day. A lot of the people who are loud and noisy about it, they get a hundred percent refund end of the day. First of all, so if you if you don't pay taxes. You're not allowed to complain about other people who don't pay taxes. Second, you know, Trump was on the record during one of the debates or or whatever, and they're they're asking the question like, "How do you know that the system's corrupt?" And he's like, "Because I use the system, right? the The system is built. I bet you every congressperson pays next right. to no taxes. How how does Pelosi have like over a hundred million dollar net worth and she makes three hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever it is, like doing her her stuff? Oh, it's, right? It's There's husband. all husband. kinds. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of twisted. Things and like there are entrepreneurs that don't pay taxes because they invest in real estate or jobs or whatever they do, yeah. and the code is invented to allow people to do that. So he's not doing anything illegal or anything that um, it's the, in the code, right? The, the other thing people don't understand is the different kinds of taxes there are. Um, we all, you know, you, most people, and it's it's not because they're like they're just not knowledgeable on it, right? Like you have to be a business owner to understand. Like there's all these different kinds of taxes. I just got a bill, so you guys have all been to the Learn Center. You understand? It's I know it's a big space, but I don't own the building. I rent it. I own a lot of equipment in it. And um, a month ago, I got a bill from the county. This is county, sixty-two thousand dollars. And I, I just was like, what the hell is it? I happened to open that. We didn't go to my CFO. We've been apparently getting it a lot. Apparently, my CFO fought the hell out of it a few years ago and got it down. Apparently, it used to be hundred grand. This was property taxes. This was just taxes for having an office, a large office facility with a lot of video and AV equipment and everything. And I had to pay taxes on the furniture and everything. $62,000. Even though you don't own the building. I don't even own the building. And that was to the county. And so when you are out there and that, I can't write that off. I can't like find a way to get out of that. That is just a written tax. And I got to pay state taxes and I got to pay employee taxes and social security. And I got to pay taxes for my, my, all the property I own. So I just, you know, for people who say that, you know, those, there are all kinds of taxes being paid, but, um, anyways, this isn't uh, necessarily supposed to turn into a tax discussion because that, that can get a very passionate conversation. Um, the other, well, I will say the last piece is I'm happy to pay my taxes. I am a, truly a patriot. But when I see my money being burned, um, I don't want to pay it then, right? It's like if you're going to... Being used to fund your own mistreatment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, well, exactly. To be, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about marketing stuff before we come back to talk a little bit about some of the other stuff. That was, that was a fascinating conversation, by the way, guys, I don't even know if you guys realize we're 45 minutes in. So it's a really cool conversation. Um, AI, Alicia's not here. Deb's not here. Let's let the gloves off. I, I will say how I'm, I'm using, using, I, like I get it. Right. So one thing is I am developing a SaaS right now. This is, I'm really excited about it. I'm developing a really cool software tool that leans on um, AI. It's got a very specific function. And I'm, I first made it for myself just because I was like, I'm tired of paying the humans. It's very expensive. I could see some market ability for it. But marketers using SaaS to like do all these, I just, are any of you using it? Like, are any of you like, hey, there is this function I did that I no longer do thanks to AI? Rocio, you're shaking your head. Is there something in your business? Yeah. Okay, please yeah. share. Oh, 
Oh my God. Email, email campaigns. If for me, oh, I'm, yes. you just talked about this. I, okay, I just shared this in, in the group. I'm not a professional copywriter, right? But I do have, so, so I do done for you challenges, right? So it's a service I do for entrepreneurs to sell their offers. Part of my package is, okay, we'll create the campaign to invite your nurture, right? And to invite and nurture your current list so that they sign up for your challenge. I was the one writing the emails and it just, I'm not a copywriter. So it just takes so much stress and mental space and it's just painful for me. That's the most painful part of my process, right? Mm -hmm. And Tad GPT, my friend, that changed the game because now with Alicia and all of the trainings that we have had as board of experts and expert summit, I just can train the AI to speak to have the tone and the voice of my client, right? So I educate the AI first. And then I said, write 15 emails, inviting the list to join the challenge and do this. And I need to have this and emojis and this and an example and a story and a testimonial. And it starts writing 15 emails in what, 10 minutes? Wow. And it's very... And, and the most important part, sorry, the most no, important ahead. part is my client tells me, oh, my God, in these emails, it seems like I'm speaking. Oh, wow. Like my customer said that. It's like, it seems like I wrote it. So that was mind blowing. Did you copy paste like the email it gave you copy and paste or did you go put it through an edit? Copy edit. paste, very, very little changes just to say like, I didn't know how to he made that call to action instead of click the link below. Click the button below. Nothing. Uh, very, very uh, tiny changes. Uh, ah, and the most important part, the sales. I have made a sale every single day because I had an email going out every day inviting these people. Wow. Every day I made a sale. So they're making okay. sales, reading with awesome. ChatGPT. And I'm not a professional copywriter. I know good enough of marketing just to kind of inside invite them and, and create them emotion and, and write on the call to action. But that's awesome. Yeah. All right. it, it was okay. mind blowing. So that, that there you go. So you put that to rest. You are using it. Actual usage, uh, copy paste. All right. Uh, Jordo, I know that you've been definitely looking into it, especially for your, your SaaS world. So are you using it though, anywhere in your current business? Yeah, I've developed some fairly strong opinions about AI in general and, and, Look, here's my end of the day position. Um, I think that the the particular uh, the value in AI is not in quality; it is in speed, right? So, like, I am a copywriter. I'm, not, I'm fine to write copy. I have no issues doing it. And often, when I write something, it converts better because it's coming from my actual voice. And you know, and we've done some testing versus other even other copywriters trying to write in my voice. Versus me just writing something, it tends to, to outconvert. But when especially I'm trying to like just even generate some ideas, I can get those so quickly, which I think is very powerful. Um, even versus hiring out a copywriter to get something done, it's not the quality that's there. It's only the speed. So the the real value proposition of AI is, is speed. And that's what's the most impressive. My wife is doing it, using it now for her blog. And she put out three blog posts in a day. She's like on cloud nine. She got a whole recipe and made short form content out of the recipes that, you know, that chat created for her. Um, so there's all that value there, but look, I, I don't see it 
replacing all of us as marketers. I think there's zero chance of that happening. I think it might thin the herd a little bit of like beginner copywriters where we don't need them anymore, but um, otherwise you still need intelligence and more importantly, you need application. Speaking of which, I've been diving into a very, I have very, for drop funnels especially, I have very actively not instituted the API for Jet, uh, Chat GPT into the software for you to do your own copywriting. First of all, you can go to AppSumo and buy a lifetime deal for an AI copywriter for 50 bucks, right? So there's no competitive advantage to just instituting AI into a tool just because it's hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the big gap that's going to be happening, and there's this, concept I've been noodling on for the past several months that I'm I'm really excited about and have started lightly to to develop this is in transferring the the intent of AI into actual application. Because right right now you need to go borrow whatever it is, copy and paste, and then go apply it somewhere. But especially in my world of funnel building, um, conversion rate optimization, getting pages to actually convert, um, using AI and just using that for copy, it it isn't enough. AI needs to be able to make decisions based on not just copy, but design, color psychology, all the way down to the fonts, to the spacing, to the uh, responsiveness of that particular page. And so what I'm really looking forward to, and uh, I guess it's not really super public, but I'm sure we'll have another uh, conversation on it, is that I'm really excited about building a system where you only give it the information about what you want to sell, and it goes and rapid split test, a hundred split test in a day to give you all these different pieces for- I'd buy that, I'd buy that tomorrow, honestly. Cause look, I've got these pages up. Like we'll just lean on like the expertsummit.com page for a second. I mean, there's like a long sales page. It's got so many different elements. The colors are because Onik likes them. That's literally why we chose them. The buttons and blah, blah, blah. If there was a system that I could go and just hit boom and it's like, all right, cool. And it would just take that and just create all these different split tests, oh, I'd be all about it. I'd be all about it. So that sounds, yeah, and make decisions on the results. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, So you you mentioned something about your wife using it. I want to tell this story. And I don't know if I did it, told told the story in the last expert talk. This was really, this was pretty funny. So my wife doesn't really do anything in our business, doesn't do online stuff. She, she used to, she had done some Shopify stuff, but she runs all of our real estate and all of our um, investment stuff. And she talks to all the lawyers. I hate talking to lawyers. So she, she does all that. Um, and she has a baby. So it's like plenty of, plenty of work. But there's one thing she does that she's passionate about. She runs TEDx. We, we, she has a TEDx license. I can't say we, she. She has a TEDx license for, and we, we actually run it here at the Learn Center. So we did one last year, and so she was doing another one this year. And uh, we're, 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 we're just in bed. I'm doing something on my laptop. She's got her laptop out. I know she's declared the dates of when this TEDx event's going to be. That she looks over at me, and she's like, hey, so with TEDx, you're supposed to like come up with a theme. Like, what's the, you know, what's like the, the I guess the theme or the... And I remember last time, man, that took like weeks. It was a lot of back and forth and like her asking me opinions. And then she just looks over and she's like, hey, what do you think about this? I don't remember what it is. Don't tell her. I don't remember exactly what the theme was now. But uh, but she says something and I'm like, wow, I like that. She's like, cool. In my head, I'm like, all right, cool. Then it, not more than three minutes later, I'm not making this up. She goes, hey, what about this as the logo? And now I'm like, yo, wait, what the hell just happened? Because that, that's a really nice logo. 
I'm like, but you just asked me. Either you were BS asking me my opinion and I already had all this done. She's like, no, I just came up with that a few minutes ago and I just made the logo now. And I, I'm like, and she goes, and uh, here are some topics that we are, I'm going to try to go look for speakers on. And here are some suggestions of speakers that are on the topic. I'm like, what the why would you just do like two months worth of work in like literally eight minutes? And she looks over at me and she goes, this chat GPT thing is so cool. And I'm like, you're using chat GPT? Like, like what the hell's going on here? She's like, so, so she figured out how to use it way better than I did. Here's what she does. She asked, she feeds into it uh, like, hey, I'm trying to do a TEDx event. Da, 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 da. Give me some themes, da, 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 topic. It gave her a bunch. She shared the one that she liked the most. And then she's like, huh, this is interesting. Logo was a really pain in the ass last time. Hey, ChatGPT, uh, give me some ideas for logos for this that I could use to give instruction to a develop, like a designer. It writes this whole thing up. She goes to Google, types in AI logo designer, <laughs> copies and pastes those instructions into another tool. And that's where she comes up with the logo. And she's like, what do you think about this? And she's acting, she's looking at me like, what? You don't know this? And I'm like, the hell just happened in front of my eyes you just did literally two months worth of work in like a few minutes so I, that was fun to watch right i was like okay watching her use it was kind of a was a cool thing um and, and dan what about you are you actually using it in your business yet no uh not not really um i'm kind of still in awe of some elements yeah to it i i do agree with jordo that i think speed is really where it shines and i I say that mostly as like a bystander. I've played with it on a personal note, you know, like we were looking at, um, we're doing a home reno, right? So we were like, oh, we should see if there's any um, Puerto Rican banks who will, you know, fund a home reno, right? Uh, just to see like what options are out there, right? We could fund it ourselves or we could use OPM, right? So other people's money. So uh, everyone told me, oh, that's impossible. There's like no bank in Puerto Rico that'll do that. So chat gpt went in there and we said hey give us a list of banks and then it gives you the top three banks nothing miraculous and then they're like actually if you prompt it properly right because it's all about the prompts as i think a lot of us know like give us the non-traditional banks that specifically specialize in home rentals short term like you if you get super detailed then it just it pulls stuff out of like you know I don't know what page of Google it would have been on, yeah. right? But it, but it gives it to you. And then you're like, okay, put it in table format and give me the customer service phone number for every single one of them. Two, two seconds later, you have like a Google sheet ready to go to just dial these numbers, right? So that would have taken legit like 45 minutes of research, like on the computer, not fun at all, you know? Um, <laughs> and it just spits it out in like two minutes, right? So that stuff is cool. And then, you know, in, inside of BOE, we had um, Rich Matthews, uh, present recently, and he just blew my mind, right? So I think this is going to be an area of specialization where somebody like, this is like, you can get your, not doctorate, but you know, you, you become a master of like implementing AI, right? And the well, way this guy came up with systems and processes, I was like, my, my business doesn't need that right now, but holy crap, do I want him to install it for me when I do? Because it looks freaking amazing. So there's already job positions opening up for prompt masters and yeah. stuff, and they're paying a ton of money. Um, yeah. And you're right, Richard, <laughs> Richard, you know what Richard did? So I'm working with this team and I gave him a bunch of feedback. I'm, I'm, 
if anyone does video editing, Jimmy would know he's sitting here. I'm a pain in the ass. Uh, I, I'm very picky. I want done certain way. And so Richard's team sent me some stuff cause we're going to, you know, we're looking at doing some work with them and I'm like, oof. I was like, well, it's not, you know, so he was like, give me the feedback. Like, don't worry about it. Like you be hard. And I'm like, all right, you asked for it. So I gave feedback. It's like 15 minute video. This was, he actually tells me this cause he like geeks out on this so much. That's what I love about him. He took my feedback. He ripped the audio, transcribed it, fed it to ChatGPT, told it to summarize it and bulletize it and create a checklist out of my feedback and then fed that to his team so that it never has to happen again. And I'm just like, the hell, man? Like, I, I want to do that with my team. I wish my team would, you know, be just to make like a 10 minute audio or a 15 minute audio into like checklist. Like that was pretty cool. Um, all right. So on that point, Here's where I got into it. This week, I've had two aha moments with AI, and I'll share those both. One is, I don't know if you guys have seen this video that Alicia created. Uh, I, I wish she hadn't shared with me because she would have had me going longer. It's a video of her. It's a short. It's a video of her, and she's just like sitting there and doing this. And she's not talking, but her voice is talking. And she's, she's really excited to show me this at the expert summit. She's like, look at this, look at this. And I'm kind of like, why are you making me watch this video? Until I actually start to listen to the words. And in the words, the video is like, hi, I'm Alicia. I'm not actually talking. This isn't me or, or my voice. And I wouldn't have known for the life of me. There is no, you couldn't have, I, so what she had done is typed that into this AI voice thing now. And so she's making all these videos now where she's like, I'm just going to make random videos of me doing random things and send it to my team. And they're going to write the scripts and create videos where they overlay my, this AI generated audio over my, my random B rolls. And I'm just going to completely upload shorts for me. And I was like, it, the voice was super, super close. And for me, I'm like, wait, so hold on. That voice was so close that I, a friend of Alicia's cannot tell. And I'm like, so you're telling me my team can take my voice now and there could be courses that literally they're created by typing it out, syncing it to a PowerPoint, which apparently also AI can do. And it would be my voice in my tonality, in the way I speak, teaching it, and nobody would ever know the difference. So that for me, like not a marketing thing, but that's, I mean, if I release a course, it can take hours of my time filming it. This literally well, just I disappears. If, you're, if you could try that with a webinar. Especially if it's a slide generator or slide Yeah. Generator I, hell, I, I, can you imagine like how that would make an impact? Yeah. So the quality I heard now, that's the other thing, guys, we are generating so fast, right? Like, cause I remember hearing AI audio a month ago and it sucked. But what I heard this last week with Alicia's what did not suck. It was damn good. It was like 90% there. And only after she told me, I'm like, wait a minute, let me listen real close for like where this is, you know, I can tell. But that was one thing. The second thing I did comes back to Jordo, what you and Dan, what you said about the speed. So um, I went to ChatGPT4 uh, and I'm like, all right, let's like write a book. I'm like, hey, I have this book idea in my head, but like, I don't feel like doing the research. You know, here's, so I, I, I learned from people. You got to feed it stuff, guys. You tell chat GPT to keep its mouth shut. <laughs> be like, hey, don't say anything. I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff. Just listen. And it'll actually reply and be like, okay, cool. Like I'm listening. And then you just like feed it a bunch of stuff. Like, here's what I want to do. Here's my goal. Here's my mission. Here's what I'm trying to do. Blah, 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 blah. And it'll just like, wait. 
So I told it like, this is the kind of book, this is my target market, this is who I am. <laughs> I was like, do you know who I am? <laughs> and ChatGPT gives me this like very political answer. But then it's like, yes, I'm familiar with your work. And I'm like, cool, this is my market, this is my target market. I was like, you know, can you give me an idea of like an outline, basically write me an outline. And it, and it did. And I'm like, well, you know, you're missing this, you're missing that, that's not really it. Can you reshape it? And it reshaped it. And then I asked it a really interesting question. This was fascinating to me. I said, hey, ChatGPT, are there other best-selling books on this topic that have hit the New York Times best-selling list on this very topic? And it comes back and it's like, why? Yes, there are. Here are five books that are on this topic that have been very successful. I'm like, great. Is there anything covered in these books, any topics that we have not covered in our outline that we should consider covering? And it's like, yes, here are seven topics that are highlighted in these various books that don't show up in our outline. And I'm like, well, I think they should. So ChatGPT, could you please rewrite my outline to incorporate all of these? And it's like, sure. And it rewrites the outline. And I'm like, you know, ChatGPT, I'm a big, uh, my style of authorship, I like to write more chapters that are shorter than like seven big chapters. Can you rearrange this book so it kind of accommodates micro chapters? Sure. And it redoes the outline. And I haven't gotten beyond that because that freaked me out. And I was like, holy crap. Like that. And I did that, by the way laying in bed because I couldn't sleep one in the morning on my phone. Just boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, that would have taken me a day at least of dedicated effort to sit down and really think. Now, I told myself I was going to take a few days off from it, come back and revisit it um, and just see if I still felt good about the outline. And then I said, hey, can we write this? And so what ChatGPT said is, hey, if you're already an author, this is giving it's telling me what to do with it. It was like, take a few couple of chapters of your book that you like and copy paste it for me. I'll study it to understand how you write and get your rhythms. And then like, when we write the book, I'll write it with that style in mind. The best part was this. I said, ChatGPT, can you give me 20 examples of this type of marketing being used in the market? Guys, I wouldn't even know what to research on Google to find these examples. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. Gave me 20 brilliant examples. I was like, I don't like number four, 10, 12, and 14. Can you replace those? Boom, replace them. I'm like, cool. Can you now categorize these, put them in the right chapters where they belong? Infused it. I was like, this, that level of research would be a week, if not more. I wouldn't even do it. That's a, probably a book that would just be left inside of me. I just wouldn't even bother. And so, haven't written the book yet. I'm freaked out by it. I'm, I'm genuinely like, I don't want to write this book because if I end up writing this book and it, uh, and ChatGPT does it, it's just going to open a whole world for me that will be just interesting. So yeah, I am very intrigued by it. Um, and I'm, and I'm yeah, as a just, as a creator uh, brain, like I I still maybe partly because I have some perfectionist traits in me. Like I don't want to let go of yeah all that responsibility and just give it to AI, which I don't think is actually creative. I think it's just pulling information and organizing it in a unique way. So it's really up to us to add new creativity to it. So I, I do have a hard line on that. Um, but you know, yes. the, the, the way that you can iterate with speed, like the voice thing, I came across that too. And I was like, wow, you know, if you feed it enough voice samples, it does sound pretty good. You really have to double check, triple check to like spot that it's not real. And for me, as an ads guy, I was like, oh, I can like launch these kind of B-roll ads quickly just to see which one works. And then I'll, I'll go make it myself after I use all this AI stuff 
because you know it would take me three hours to make them all when I could just have the AI do it in 10 minutes. So you could test faster and then go put your effort, your unique creativity into the angle that works. So I see it as augmentation and speed still versus like uh, just taking it at face value. I love the creative comment you made. First of all, brilliant idea. I like that idea of using it to test the different hooks and angles and then you can make it yourself. The you know what? I think one of the reasons why I stopped writing the book is because it's kind of like this, right? So with the baby, uh, months ago she she just kept coming up to me and climbing every time i'm sitting she would just want to climb on top and every time i said i'm like i can't do anything she's just climbing i'm like stop stop now i'm like oh my god you never climbed like what's going on like you're all running around i missed that i almost feel a little bit like if i let chat gpt write this book it won't be my book like i'm not gonna feel like escape and circle of profit i wrote those that's my book that's my that's my heart that's my inner feeling and like the book might be great and people are going to come up to me and be like, I love your book. It really helped me. And then Al, I'm going to feel like that imposter syndrome every day because I'm going to be like, well. But like, here's, well. here's my question on that. I, I would challenge you on that. What if there was a human doing what chat GPT is doing for you now, where it's like a ghostwriter assistant helping you to do this manually? Would you feel the same way? Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, the, yeah. Well, I, to be very frank, I've never let one of my legacy books be written, ghostwritten. Um, I, I tend to, well, they do. And then I rewrite the whole thing whether it's because I want to have that onerous over it or if it's this underlying feeling that I never really recognized before, but it's come out now. Uh, but that's a very good point. I have no problem delegating pretty much all things in my life, <laughs> except for certain things where I feel like it's going to be handed to someone and they're going to say, wow, this really made an impact on my life. And I'm going to have to live with the fact knowing like I didn't, I didn't create that. <laughs> so good for you. I think yeah. if something's going to have my creative signature on it, whether it's AI or a ghostwriter, like I'm going to have to review it and muck it up a little bit in my own way. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I'll never feel good wanna, about it. <laughs> I want to add two things to this conversation because I uh, definitely I agree with the speed. I, I think it, it reduces speed on so on brainstorming, right? Whenever I feel blocked on, I don't know, I don't even know how to start this project. I start brainstorming and it helps me brainstorm similar yeah. to what with, with the search that you did it has i have created bullet points for what a powerpoint presentation should look like for shorts and i and then the second point is i want to highlight one of our boe members uh, he has a tiktok agency one of his clients uh, is has a channel about ai and in one of the videos i remember uh, this girl saying i'm teaching my son to use ai to use chat gpt because if you're not teaching your ch your children right to chat to use AI, they're not gonna find jobs in the next 10, 15 mm. years. It's a good point. A good and point. that actually blew my mind, right? Because it's similar to when computers got out. It's like if you're not actually taking skills of of a what was it like key key typing? What what was that? Uh, I forgot the term back in the day. <laughs> but anyway, if you're not actually have computer skills, basic computer skills, you're not gonna get these jobs, right? So it's similar to AI. If you don't know how to do proper prompts to for all these uh, jobs that are gonna be in the future using ChatGPT or whatever the next AI is, I, I think that is gonna have an impact on 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 the job market uh, in the next couple of years because it's moving fast and every every single month there's a new tool there's a new update that is gonna un, uh, unlock more capabilities so it's just being on the market on top of it so 
I think it's something that it cannot be ignored and we should definitely be teaching our children and the next generation how to be um how to develop that skill set because it is going to be it's not going to going away it is going to be part of our reality it is already yeah, is. I'll, so. I'll take the opposite stand on that i don't want my kids touching that siri alexa <laughs> none of it um i think you know we're all like tech savvy entrepreneurial entrepreneurial marketers i mean sometimes we're in our own echo chamber with like how fast everything is moving like joe schmo is not using chat gpt to change his life yet and yes there are of course there's gonna be job impacts like you're saying but i don't want my kids using that stuff like because they don't where's the information coming from what's feeding it right and i like they where like this generation on this call i feel like we're the bridge between like the prior tech and now the world has tech generation like when when my son sees Alexa and says, Hey, Alexa, da, 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 or Hey, Google, whatever. Right. And then it just gives them an answer and they just accept that as reality. That actually bothers me a lot because yeah. they don't know where that was sourced. Right. Like yeah. we know what it was like to drive around and hold paper directions and get somewhere. Right. <laughs> or we had GPS just taking us. But like, for me, it's a very scary thought for like a, you know, yeah. a, a kid in single digit oh. age range to like use these tools and like have some perception of reality. Can you, uh, on, on that note, can you believe my, my daughter, by the time she was 11 months, she turned 11 months two, two weeks ago, we have a little Alexa device in her play area. And so we're always playing some kind of music on there. And um, so she's gotten used to music playing when she's in that play area. And we noticed this two weeks ago, we, we didn't know what was going on. She kept crawling on top of us or whatever. And she kept like pointing and just going, bah, 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 bah. And like being very like, like there's we my wife and I knew like she, she's saying something because she's we're, we're like, oh, OK, yeah, I put her down and she comes back up and she's looking at it, she's like, bah, 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 bah. and finally I look and, and my wife caught on to it. She's like, I think she's pointing at the Alexa. And I'm like, no, she's like, I think she wants Alexa to play music because well, that's what we do. We will look at Alexa and be like, Alexa, play Coco Melon on Pandora. And we put, we literally turned around and we said, uh, so we, we were looking at her and she's doing this thing. Like, by the way, I'm convinced my, my daughter thinks she's a Jedi because anything she wants, she just throws her hands towards it. So even like if I'm walking, if I'm walking by, she'll be like, ba 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 And I'm like, all right, like, I'm just going to like attract. But um, so we turned around and we looked at Alexa and we said, Alexa. And the minute we said the word Alexa, she's like, he, he, and got super excited. So sort we're of like, Oh my God, that's what she wanted. And now, will you believe it when ads come on? Because I don't pay for Pandora. Like, I was like, whatever, I use a free one. She gets angry. When ads come on, she's, she turns her hands up and she goes, da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you would just deal with this, all right? You have to deal with the discomfort of some advertising in your life. But um, that, that's interesting. You're right, Dan. Like, I mean, well, like, but I mean, here, here's, the, here's the thing. And so I guess I'm, I'm slightly in the middle because I've got a, I've got three kids. One's due in three weeks here. So our, our house is oh, a wow. zoo. And, um, and, and with that, yeah, I, I want them to, we put them in nature more than we give them screen time, maybe half hour a day or whatever. But, but tr truth is, this is the world that we're living in and the kids will continue to, to grow up in. And there are the same fears around using a calculator in the seventies, right? When calculators became popular and then it became the personal computer, how terrifying it was to use that new information. And, it's almost like there is no version of the world that will exist in the future without it, right? So I think in the same way of 
of us being parents and and having hopefully some intellectual control over how and how they use it and how they're brought up so they don't so they aren't led astray. Um, I think that's the responsibility on on us is to like show them how to how yeah. to understand that. But I mean, it's like if we don't trust AI, how are we trusting Google right now? When you do a Google search, like where's that data coming from? What algorithm? You and I search the same phrase. We're both going to get different results. Why are they showing us different things? So tough, tough to to manage that in this current space. I'm less concerned about the job side, but but I think the the issue of misinformation is top of mind with the the creators of of OpenAI. Well, guys, we don't have to worry for too long because the world's coming to an end 2030 anyways. So <laughs> play with this stuff for a few more years. Um, it is fascinating to, for me to watch my nephew. So we got like 12, six, and then my daughter and my nephew, my 12 year old. I mean, the 12 year old nephew is just like, he'll ask me something. I'm like, I don't know. He, he, and he just looks at me and he's like, um, why don't you just ask Alexa? And I'm like, because in my life that I don't even know that exists. Like that option is I still not internalized, but for them, that's like a default de facto. It's like, why are you even stressing your mind right now? Just ask Alexa. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, all right. So real quick around the room. First of all, this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation. Thank you guys. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot of ideas. And if you're listening, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a comment below and do all that fun jazz. All right. And if you're listening on audio, make sure you please leave us a review. Um, real quick, like fast, fast around the around the room to satisfy the appetite of the marketers out there. We're, we're talking to a bunch of very successful marketers. What's one thing currently working in your business really well that you think other people should be looking at? Dan. Yeah, um, for me, so we, we sell uh, premium coaching programs, right? And what I found is in my advertising, initially with this offer, I was kind of afraid of, or maybe not afraid is not the best word, but like, you know, Marketing, like it's cliche marketer, a little bit of hype, get the click, get the attention, go through my funnel, all that stuff. Right. And then kind of qualify later. Now I've pivoted and I'm letting the advertising qualify the crap out of every click that comes to our website and our funnel. And I'm just putting it all out there. Here's what it involves. If you're going to need some capital to implement what we teach you, here's how much you need. Right. And it excludes a lot of people. And I was like, oh man, my cost per call, my bookings, like they're going to go through the roof. We're going to go broke with, with ads like this because we're just not going to get in front of people. But no, holy cow, holy cow. Like the sales team is like, dude, what happened to these leads? Like they're all amazing. And the cost per call is the same or maybe slightly higher sometimes. And I mean, the exponential quality of the prospect that we speak to, it is blowing my mind, blowing my mind. Like we're getting like, multimillionaires on the phone to ask us about what we're doing. And they're disclosing that, right? And they actually appreciate the fact that we're not BSing them or putting them through some hype. Like they love it, right? And you still get the haters, you know, so it's not all roses and sunshine. Um, but man, I've been blown away. So that's what I'm doing right now. That's working insanely well. It's it's largely the, the reason why we're growing as fast as we are in the last 30 days. Um, Rusty, I'm going to come to you next, but because my one thing was going to, it's exactly the same as Dan. I just want to chime in. Dan, 1000%. Uh, my ads are getting longer and more boring um, than they've ever been before. And I'm just loving it. My cost per clicks are up. My lead cost is up. My conversions are up. I don't care. It's matching out. Um, I'm My pixel is getting better trained. You know what I found is the more honest and upfront and boring, as I call them, you are with your ads, 
you actually attract the better people because they are attracted to that level of transparency versus the hypier messages actually bring the 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 market you don't want the transparent message is like oh god i'm glad yeah. you know um like i'm for expert summit i found out one of the biggest uh objections you know people had that just haven't experienced it that didn't show up is because they think it's too good to be true and so i'm actually going to work that into my marketing now i'm just going to be right to their face and say hey do you think this is too good to be true all right let me give you some factual reasons why you're wrong and how i can prove it and it's just like it's actually made marketing very easy because <laughs> you just like think to yourself what the hell are they thinking and just say it lay out all the um rules and say no to the people that don't follow um but you're right and and facebook's algorithm at least facebook's i haven't tested with google yet is so damn strong that they figure that out too and they just like kind of lean into it with you so i i really like that um rocio what's one thing working in your business right now uh well right now well, first of all parenthesis definitely i'm gonna go through a, a, a um i'm gonna go to, towards this uh, type of advertising calling out i have been always afraid of calling out directly that customer that i want definitely yeah. seeing the theme with you dan and and Anik and a lot of people at the expert summit so definitely something that i will be implementing very very soon however what's working for me right now and i think you mentioned that you have been mentioning this a couple of times already since the since the year started low ticket right um mm -hmm. so i so as you know i i do challenges for a lot of clients done for your challenges and i'm also going to be uh, launching soon my own but definitely the challenge model still, again, I'm biased because that's my business, but the challenge model, it still works. You see a lot of people still running the challenges eh, because it allows you that low ticket funnel, right? It's a low ticket funnel, but also it helps you sell your mid or high ticket. So I think that eh, people that have not run a challenge yet, eh, they're missing in a big opportunity of having the one funnel that tackles almost the entire uh, entire value ladder. I think that this is a very a powerful model that that any business should be implementing. Um, so I think that's challenge model and definitely being more direct calling out the avatar. I think that's the one tweak I'm going to start doing in my promotions and content. Love it. Jordan. Yeah, so uh, I guess a couple sub points. You know, I, we actually are our best performing funnel right now literally calls out the price point in the first second of the ad. Um, wow. We have kind of a little bit of a bizopy training offer teaching people how to become a local marketer. And I literally say in the first line is if you've got a hundred bucks and one hour a day that you can dedicate to something, I'll show you how to X, Y, Z, right? And so I'm telling him the time risk and the financial risk in the first second. And the conversion rates for this have been really incredible um, for our side. So it's our first front end self-liquidated offer for a, at least a hundred dollar offer that, that we've seen. And our EPCs are around like nine or 10 bucks, right? So it's just... It's like, it's incredible. Um, so again, there's challenges, costs rise and fall. Some days are amazing. We have $50 buyers. Sometimes it's $200 buyers, right? But on average, it ends up being uh, very good. Um, also, I'm seeing, because I own a funnel platform, I have some idea of like kind of what's going on in the ecosystem. Shorter funnels are winning. So it used to be back in five or six years ago, like the Ty Lopez's of the world were having 14 order like order bumps slash upsells throughout this funnel and really complex long drawn out things so everyone who got indoctrinated to think that that's what you need is a really complex funnel that's got this insane value stack throughout the whole thing and just you know suck the lead dry instead of you know until they have nothing left to spend um what i'm finding is getting directly to the heart of things faster but optimizing and split testing 
each element deeply. So you're better off having a two-step funnel that you are split testing the crap out of those two pages than you are having eight or nine funnel steps through this huge gargantuan um, process. The only caveat to that is when you are trying, when you have too much opportunity volume, too much lead flow, and you're trying to filter people out, that's when you extend what's well, different than your version of extend the funnel. When I'm talking about extending, I'm saying like add more filters, it's going to kick people, uh, wow. kick people out. So split testing, shorter funnels. Um, I'm also loving and digging the idea of, of much more transparency um, up front as well. So those are kind of my, my three gold nuggets. Love it. All right. Awesome. This has been such a tremendous episode. Rocio, where can people find you, follow you, track you, stalk you, give you money? Uh, well, yeah, definitely. Uh, you can go to thechallengequeen.com. That's uh, basically the domain that I couldn't believe that it was available, but it is thechallengequeen.com. And definitely on Facebook. I'm very active on Facebook. So any DMs uh, directly to my name. That's kind of where you can find me. All right, guys. And we were going to put everyone's names below. If you're on YouTube, it'll be in the in the descriptions or on the show notes at onyxshow.com. You can find the show there. Dan, how can someone give you money? Yeah. So if somebody's interested in learning about the amazing world of DeFi, um, we focus on conservative cash flow generating strategies that work in any market, even in crazy markets like we saw last year. Um, they can go to Prime as in Amazon Prime, but Prime DeFi. D-E-F-I, not defy with a Y, but with an I, uh, primedefi.com, and they can check us out. Yeah. And guys have six and a half years to do it. So <laughs> make sure you work fast and it didn't take a, and make all the money we can right now. Jordo, uh, where can people go to give you money? Yeah. So uh, dropfunnels.com is a, a all-in-one marketing platform uh, for sales funnels, websites, all that fun jazz. And I'm also, I go by Jordo, uh, Metric on uh, Facebook and people can find me there and I'm pretty active there as well. Yeah. And just so you guys know, a little shout out, um, not that he asked me to do it, but we just, we're switching all of our stuff over to drop funnels now. So we're actually building this week, right? And the team is busy building a bunch of stuff inside of drop funnels. So, uh, excited to, uh, to do that. Uh, everyone, thank you for your time. It's been an awesome episode. Lots of little things we'll be able to chop out of this and put into the social media world. Um, if we offended you, made you upset, triggered you, let us know in the chat below. Um, it'll feed the algorithm. It's okay. And if we didn't, if you agree with us, still let us know in the comments below. Um, to all of our experts, thank you very much. To all of our board of experts, we missed you guys. We'll see you on the future episode. And to all of our listeners of the Onyx and All Show, thanks for being with us. Remember, onyxshow.com for all the links that go to all the different fun places where you can connect with me um, and see all the different things I'm working on or that we're working on in this company. And as I always say, when life pushes you, stand straight, smile, and push it the heck back. Love you guys. See you later. Bye.